Hello and welcome to this episode of Critics on a Bus, the podcast where two best friends review the latest films and talk film theory. Alright, welcome to another really exciting episode of Critics on the Bus. I am reunited finally with Paul. Hello, Paul. We are back. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> I am... Oh, I don't know what kind of state I'm in. I've just come back. <laughs> I have just come back from watching Tenet. Literally, it finished about 30 minutes ago. And that is what we're reviewing today. Yes, that is true. We are reviewing Tenet. Now, I'm in the fortunate enough position that I've I've seen Tenet already, and I saw it last Friday. So I've had some time to digest it. And those of you who have already seen it will know why the type of film that warrants some digestion but for those who don't know those who live under rocks Tenet (laughs) is Christopher Nolan's latest film yes the Christopher Nolan the Christopher Nolan of Memento the prestige Batman Begins the Dark Knight the Dark Knight Rises Interstellar Inception Dunkirk that Christopher Nolan the legend the director the myth and (laughs) Tenet is difficult to summarize for a plot summary without giving away anything. So all I can tell you is this. You've got John David Washington playing a character known as the protagonist. You've got Robert Pattinson playing a character known as Neil. You've got Kenneth Branagh as a character called Sater. And you've got Emily Dubitsky as a character called Kat. And the protagonist is given a word, Tenet and is told that he needs to go on a mission. And anything else is spoilers, so that's all you're going to get for now. (laughs) To save the world. Yes, to save the world. There you go. We'll give you that much too. I guess they give you that much in the trailers as well, as I've now found out. So we are going to go spoiler-free for the next few minutes. So if you have not watched Tenet, listen to this bit if you'd like. Go watch it and come back for the spoiler section. But keeping spoiler-free... Tell me what you liked about this film, Cameron. <laughs> Is it too much to say the film? Um, I loved... I said like, not love. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> After a great start, are we? I liked... Um, I liked... I mean, I liked the story. I thought the, <laughs> the concept of the whole film was really interesting very in keeping with christopher nolan mm-hmm. if you have watched his films you will know there's a certain concept he's obsessed with and it keeps him with that theme very very well i i, I mean i liked the performances the tension driven narrative i lo- i liked the character journey the score so you like you, you like the whole film basically i like the film i like the film Okay. What did you uh, like? Okay, so I I liked the concept. Uh, I liked a lot of the visuals. There's one scene in particular that I'm sure we'll discuss that I thought was stunning. I liked Kenneth Branagh's performance in particular. I thought. Sorry, did I say Emily Dubitsky? It's Elizabeth Dubitsky. I must have gotten that wrong. But I also liked her performance. In fact, I liked Robert Pattinson's performance, I must say. Mm. And it was nice to see him as just kind of like a charming British gentleman. And I I liked a number of other things, but we'll come to that. We normally now go on to what we disliked, but I want to I want to save that. I want to okay. save that. I don't know if there's any anything that you dislike that you would like to 
drop. Now. There is there is one small thing. Okay. I'm not. A, I think the film has a global outreach, mm-hmm. and I thought the editing around that I'm not a fan of. Okay. That's that's it. Okay. Cool. Cool. I think I know what you're talking about. We'll all come to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I think I know the answer to this question, as I normally do. But um, would you recommend? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would. I, I, I would recommend it as well. Okay, now we enter spoiler territory, but not just spoiler territory. We are about to open the floodgates because we have not spoken with each other about this film. Bear in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that Cameron and I are huge Christopher Nolan fans. We have discussed and dissected all of his other films in a depth not natural. We worship this man, uh, like a lot of people do, and we uh, it's been torture for me not to discuss this over the past four days, and Cameron is fresh out of this film. The reason I'm fresh is like I, I couldn't wait, right, to not talk about it. Right, I thought I might explode if we held on yeah. this review any longer. So I had to come yeah. and talk about it straight away because. So, we are just going to go freeform just for a few minutes, and just give first reactions and bear in mind this is this is spoiler territory so just just tell me a little bit more cameron i mean i lipin loved the film i'm not no holds barred like so the 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 whole concept of they're basically finding the future and the past and themselves and each other all at the same time to stop Mm -hmm. the end of everything which is controlled by basically one suicidal lunatic who is in contact with the future and just the the way the the way the film is so layered oh i need to say i need to say before i forget i figured out mid fight when they come to the first turnstile Mm -hmm. and they fight the the guys in masks yeah figured i knew it i figured out in that fight the fight themselves really yeah i knew it and the, I, I, I got Fair it and, and so when it happened when we got to that part of the film and was like, i was like i was like hitting us like oh, figure it out <laughs> and, and i mean it's a in a way it's a classic and i air quote this time travel film it has some of the very classic conventions or you know don't touch yourself or that you'll explode or you know, in trying to hold films, somehow bits of the film that they, they encounter always end up kind of falling back into later on in the film and they find that they're the cause and effect of the whole thing that they set up in motion in the first place. And so it does follow those kind of very similar um, time travel conventions, even though it's not really time travel, but, you know. Time you know inversion, I believe Time is inversion, the term. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it does follow those kind of conventions of film really, like, as, uh, very classically. But I just I, the the film just has such a such a depth and layer to it that like it's, it's like as it slowly peels away and reveals each new layer, you're going of course or oh my gosh or yes or and I want to I want to get this on Blu-ray and knowing what I know now like pause certain scenes at the beginning and see mm-hmm. if you can see them in in the shots and have we did we miss it you know is it have they edited it so layered that you know we see the inverted in the forward thinking present 
and like how, did we just miss all those things at the first reading because we're so focused on, on on the protagonist and that's what i need to know and want to know myself and i'm i i want just the film to be playing in front of my eyes for the next few days on a constant stream <sighs> okay i'm done i'm done it's okay good. it's out it's out <laughs> Okay, it's out. He's he's let that out. Uh, cameras plug late something opened. Now, uh, this is where, and and this is where this podcast is gonna get so interesting, because, ladies and gentlemen, I do not share that opinion. Oh my I goodness! Share that opinion. I and this is gonna be critics on a bus civil war because. I was not a fan of this. I wanted to be. I tried to be. Not hard I, enough. I worked so hard. You don't understand. I've, I've, I've dissected this film every which way. I have thought about it every day since I watched it. And whilst I don't think it's a horrendous film by any means, of course not, I just it just did not do it for me it it did not float my boat and i feel like i have lots of reasons why but i feel like there are reasons that you might then not like or disagree with or you know so this is gonna make for very interesting listening because like i say i wanted to like it and when i watched it i was like i bet you cameron's gonna like this because I feel like in some sense, even though we have very, very similar tastes, in some senses, it's more up your street than mine. So we need to get down to the meat of this. I feel sick. I, <laughs> I feel sick. <laughs> I, I I hate I hate to do this to you, but I've just got, I've got to be true to myself. You know, I oldest philosophical advice in the book: know thyself. I I, I just I w- it would have been dishonest for me to to say anything otherwise. But who knows? I was going to say I, who, I have won you over before. My legendary. I was going to say. Films. I was going to say you have won me over before, and you also somehow got me talking about Infinity War like it was the greatest film ever, but then also <laughs> ranking it really low. So, um, but I'm I'm going to hold my ground on this one because I have given it too much thought too too much thought so before we then discuss the plot perhaps we want to summarize the plot does that sound like a good idea I mean sure yeah if anyone can summarize the plot of this film that's (laughs) that is a very very difficult task so I'm going to I'm going to do my best and if you're someone who watched this film and was potentially a little bit confused by it hopefully this uh, maybe enlightens you a little bit, fills in a few of the the gaps. So the best way that I can think about go like trying to explain this film is by starting in the future of the film's timeline. So it goes something like this: in the future, a scientist creates a device, and that device is called the algorithm. And if that device is detonated, it reverses the entropy of the entire earth in some way Uh, it's important to not get too caught up in exactly what entropy is scientifically basically when when things go through a process their uh their entropy uh increases and so the idea is is that that can then decrease so you could unburn fuel you could uh as the film does cause bullets to shoot backwards and so forth And so, yeah, this device could do that for the entire Earth, essentially. 
And the scientist who realized how potentially destructive this could be broke it up into nine pieces, sent them into the past using uh, an isolated version of this en reverse entropy and uh, then kills herself. Now, sometime in the future, sometime around this time, it's not exactly clear exactly when, but sometime around this time, you've got a few groups, two groups in the future that are interested in this technology. So one, and they are, these are the, the bad guys, essentially want to go back and reassemble this machine and set it off. And the reason why they want to do that is because the Earth's resources are basically all used up at this point in time. And so they hope, at the very least, it's kind of like a Hail Mary. This is their one last opportunity to do something that might save them. So they think if they can turn on this device, reverse the entropy of things on the Earth, unburn the fuel, you know, unmelt the ice caps and so forth, that then they will be able to enjoy their future. But they realize that this could also have catastrophic uh, consequences for the past. Now, in order to do this, they send items back to a Russian named Sator, and that's uh, Kenneth Branagh's character. And by sending him various instructions, giving him the information that he needs, and then him searching and uh, employing people and so forth, he is out to try and get the nine pieces of this algorithm to set it off. Meanwhile, there is another group in the future, and this is the group that uses the word Tenet. I'm going to call the group Tenet, but yeah, I think that's their name, but they use the word nonetheless. And they believe that the algorithm should not be set off because it would have catastrophic consequences both for the future and for the past. And so it's it's roughly here that we can actually talk about the beginning of the film, because at the beginning of the film, the main character, the protagonist, is in an opera house and he is essentially trying. He doesn't know what it is, but he's trying to get hold of a piece of the algorithm. He fails, but also he shows his commitment by biting into a cyanide capsule. And that was actually a decoy, so he doesn't die. And uh, then he's told that he needs to go on this mission. Now, I'm going to gloss over some of the next plot points because I can't do it in enough detail to do it justice. And we don't have that much time. Essentially, this character, the protagonist, he's sent to this place where this woman tells him that the entropy of certain things are reversing. And he's trying to trace where that comes from. And that takes him to Sator. And in order to kind of get close to Sator, work out what he's doing, try and stop him, he gets close to Sator's wife, Kat. There's a whole dealio where he tries to destroy a painting and he comes across the first turnstile, which are these machines that can send people backwards, reverse the entry of people, not just objects. And throughout the whole process, he ends up essentially being tricked into helping Sator steal the last piece of the algorithm. He thinks it's plutonium that he's stealing for him, but it's actually the last piece of the algorithm. And then that's when you're in the room where there's kind of the red and the blue light with the turnstile. And this is right in the center of the film. This is the, the important center bit of the film. He's got the last piece. He inverse shoots Cat. 
uh, is at least that's what it looks like to them. And then the protagonists, Neil and Kat, go back into the turnstile, uh, go into the turnstile to go back both to try and save her life, but also to try and stop Sator from assembling the algorithm and, and detonating it. They realize the day that he's going to try and detonate it, which is a day where him and Kat were happy on a yacht. And so while she distracts him, tries to delay him because he's connected it to a dead man switch, Neil and the protagonist go to the place where the bomb is being set up and going to be set off and eventually save the day. But they do it through what's called a pincer attack, where some of the team is, is going forwards in time, some are going backwards, and that's meant to kind of confuse the enemy. And then we learn a number of things at the end. Is that a fair summary? That was very long, but but you can't be short with these types of things. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Okay. And I'm guessing very little of that was new to you because you sound like you digested it pretty well. Yeah. So let's talk about the concept and the story. Tell me what you thought. I mean, I, considering your shocking revelation and um sorry have you just been sat there uh, th- contemplating that <laughs> <laughs> pretty much to be honest with you uh, um and your summary i i don't see how you can get to an un- unhappy position with this film i mean tenet, uh, not tenet. <laughs> a lot of out here a lot of dead space i mean we know christopher Nolan loves time and we love he loves messing with the concept of time so this is a very classic what we consider classic christopher nolan movie in terms of the plot, like I, like I said in my <laughs> spoiler free in my in my little like at the time I was happy uh, words on it. <laughs> time. Oh, I need to go back in time and uh, yeah. I I think the, the the plot is so is so layered and interesting and hidden. I love it. something Christopher Nolan does. He doesn't necessarily fill us in the whole even at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And we come to the revelation of the end of the film and what Tenet, and it is, the organization is called Tenet. Like, right. That, that is not, it's not a guessing, it is called Tenet. Or it will be called Tenet, I guess, is the proper um, pronoun for the whole thing. I mean, I wasn't necessarily confused by the plot. Mm-hmm. The The hardest part for me of, of the whole plot was like sometimes the words was muffled by the, the loudness of the IMAX. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sometimes difficult to kind of go, what what did he say? Because it was so loud. And like learning and grasping, thinking about time as a singular strand instead of a backwards and forwards strand was an interesting challenge, especially because you've got to learn it with the same, with, with the character along their journey. Yeah. And I thought the whole plot and how everything kind of interconnects and links in and, uh, you know, kind of layers itself throughout the whole thing was really clever really you know you had to really think this through as a writer and director which Christopher wrote and directed but this film you know you really got to think those things through and and he did and it shows that they put a lot of thought and time and effort into into the plot and the thing about it is the plot necessarily isn't new there's a there's a Netflix show called Travelers which is kind of a very similar deal mm. um and the future is devastated but they send people back in time to occupy bodies of people about to die just mm-hmm. to, to to do things to change the future and they'll see how the future changes and i i like that it, in in a way because it is the future they don't he doesn't try to make up well here's a spooky message from a faceless man going this is tenet and i will tell you what to do now mm-hmm. you know it's all very kind of pieced together and 
and I mean, because we're seeing the formation of Tenet mm-hmm. at the same time, so um, the protagonist is who will eventually create Tenet. It's quite organic. Yeah, because you know, you know, he's going through this journey. He's in a way he's put himself through everything, and he, and he knows the outcome. But he's going through this journey, and he and he recognizes that maybe that no one has the ability to stop this. And he, uh, one of his big things, it's something, it's it's an uh, it's an ideology I aspire to. Just because that's the way it is doesn't mean it's the way it has to be. Mm-hmm. You know, with in the in the concept of the film with time, he's always like, but what if we do it differently? What if we change it? Why do we have to do it that way? You know there's a chance that something different can happen if we make a choice, if we express free will and we do what we want to do, regardless of what we see the future, the past, the past future telling us to do. It's something I do like in my, in my day job, you know, it's like people are like, well, we always do this way. Why? It doesn't always have to be there. Think outside the box, do something differently, make a choice and make a difference. And that's what the protagonist ends up doing in the far future. He creates Tenet because he sees it as the way that he knows to prevent this because everyone else seems to be so stuck in that mentality of it's happened like neil or you know they no one has the goal to go out and make that difference and think of of changing the past present future by making their own choice and so i like that they established that part of his character that he's that person that thinks well why can't we do it differently why can't we change it why can't we take that risk why can't we try to make a difference and knowing therefore at the very end of the film that he does indeed make a difference that he does save save the world this time you know that's a that's a big boost to him and that's and that's something that if you think about it, it's a great thing to take away then and, and therefore he goes and creates he creates organization knowing it succeeds but having to have put his own faith in himself from future past and present to make that happen it's an incredible like leap of faith for him as a character for the people he recruits in years past present and future and you know and he has the big picture he has the end game in play he knows where it's leading to he knows what needs to be done and he's got to make sure he puts those cards right by you know doing everything that he needs to do so i think story-wise just that's just one character the protagonist they 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 make his character and they set the concepts and philosophies and ideology of the character from the get-go and it stays consistent hi guys so we're just going to step out of the podcast for a minute at this point in the conversation cameron and i launched into a long chat about the time travel and philosophy of tenet we're going to do that as a separate episode so please give that a listen if you're interested what you're about to hear now is our summary of that conversation and where we landed and then we'll go on to other aspects of the film. I still don't think it's an awful film and we can now come on to what's not awful about it and other aspects of it but but I just I think I I really admire Christopher Nolan for trying to to get into the nitty-gritty of 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 time travel and the philosophy of it. But because the film was so heavily reliant on the concept, it just meant that for me, where the concept started to break down, it was too distracting to ignore. But but that's just one man's opinion. And I think I think it does come down to the fact that my head's a lot more in the clouds, should we say? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and because it, my imagination can or thinks about time travel in a much more fluid way and sort of logical 
it doesn't affect me as much mm. because you your your incredible brain has such a, a logical and straight straight way of thinking about time and relativity and space and all that kind of because of your your, your current background it's a little harder for you to see the fluidity of it maybe i think that's a fair conclusion so I, I think i think i think both of us are right because it's mm. our opinion on a non-consequential theory basically right it's, yeah it's fiction so <laughs> yeah it's fiction and so both of our opinions are completely valid mm-hmm. um i think that that's a really good way of summarizing i think that the <laughs> really what's going on here is that um you know fiction is is fiction for for you because of your expansive imagination because of like you say the perhaps more fluid way in which you view things accept things and so forth whereas uh guys like me focus like you say a lot more on kind of the logic the 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 kind of the the philosophy Mm. strictly speaking of it all and and like you say either one's fine Christopher Nolan is definitely with you on your side of the scale and I think that that's definitely what he was trying to get at with this whole line of don't don't think about it just feel it when the protagonist is is Mm. is kind of exactly exactly I think that that's perhaps what he was trying to go for with with that line and so I I think that because of that this film it kind of almost like sifts people like you from people like me in, in <laughs> not, i mean i say people like you and people like me we're the same in so many respects and it's not like you don't have a logical you know bent and i don't have a an imaginative bent but i feel like i feel like in this case our leanings have been magnified and i think that because of your imaginative nature this film is a, a delight for you but because of my less imaginative nature this film caused more problems for me and yeah and that's fine and that's the world we live in and (laughs) you know opinions are opinions let's come over to some performances here because we have a lot of strong performances and uh, a few kind of slightly well yeah a few kind of slightly newer faces so do do you want to talk a little bit about the about the performances yeah i thought on whole the main ensemble was very good i thought like i thought robert patterson in particular was a very good interesting character gave a good accent thought the protagonist john david washington john i thought the protagonist john was that he carried the film really well though i must say he is the worst spy in the world in what respect he kept getting caught <laughs> yeah he's not he's not a very good secret agent um, I will say that about good fighter though, pretty buff. A good fighter, the cheese grater moment. Oof. Oh, that, yeah. What? What? <laughs> I was like, man, I've never looked at a cheese grater that way before, but now, home invasion, <laughs> come at me, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought he was, he was good. Um, he played the user journey really well. He really helped us through the film. But I, I did, I do think, as a, as a secret agent probably should have had someone a bit better um man man can't sneak around for anything um, <laughs> i thought elizabeth i mean i've seen her in a few things and so and she i do feel she's played that sort of like broken woman turn like steely resolve role quite a lot i think i worry she's getting a bit typecast um in such a role as that as that she played as cat um in tenet but she does a very good job 
I've only ever seen her in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. As oh the no, she, she's in a she's in a she's in a few films I've seen. Um, she's in the, the Man from Uncle. I haven't seen that, but yeah, but she a lot of the films she plays is some okay. and the ones I've seen at least she plays that very kind of like she's uh, she's the Russian or she's American or whatever mm. or British and she she's a, a woman trapped by a more powerful man and she's right. kind of downbeaten. She's in um I think she's the woman in The Night Manager as well which is a brilliant show, by the way. Okay. Um, and I thought Kenneth Branagh was... You don't see him as a villain very often. No. Or at all. <laughs> um, yeah. And he he has that kind of... Uh, what I love about villains like that is they're very quiet and very calm the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's... it's When they snap, they snap hard and they snap ferociously. And I, and I like... He, he got that kind of line drawn really well. You know, his character obviously had quite... An understanding quite a motive and had a complete grasp of the whole ta- in- inverted entropy and he plays it really well and he is very sinister and pushes pushes the the story and i think the characters far enough that he needs to get what he needs done so all in all i thought it was quite quite a good performance for most of the people i think i think robert patterson probably my favorite what about you yeah i mean i agree with with a lot of that with a few extra things so first of all i feel like robert, robert patterson he was kind of like his own version of eames in inception yeah. so like yeah. almost the same idea the charming british kind of you know funny oh not while it's not while the plane's in the air don't be so dramatic i love that line i thought that was uh (laughs) i thought it was very good um i wish i could have heard him a bit better if if the soundtrack wouldn't have been drowning out certain things he was saying but that was the general issue on some scenes but but i thought he was very good i thought i thought john david washington was good and to be honest i must confess after you gave your description of the protagonist's journey I kind of feel like I understand him a little bit more now and I understand the performance a little bit more and and that's cool but like you say not a very good spy but that's not really a problem with his performance I guess that's more a problem with the fact that in the story he gets caught so that's a writing (laughs) thing (laughs) you know that's fine I didn't really ever think of him as a spy even though technically he was I I Mm. thought of him more as like a like a soldier of sorts but no yeah so he was he was good i thought emily davidsky was good i thought that her lines were uh, like that whole monologue that she kind of gives them when she's in the restaurant explaining how she feels trapped i was like this is good i feel like i want i would want a tiny bit more background on the character or a little more experience with the character before we launch straight into kind of deep monologue staring just off camera but again that's less an issue with her performance i thought that she still played the role pretty well even if, like you say, she's, I don't know, but she might be getting typecast a little bit into a similar role. When it comes to Kenneth Branagh, I must say it took me a little while to adjust, particularly because the film reveals him. You see some shots of her with her husband and you you never quite see the husband's face. And I literally knew like almost nothing about this film. So I didn't even know that Kenneth Branagh was in it. Mm -hmm. And then when he came on, I was like, oh, Kenneth Branagh's the bad guy? Like, what? And then he starts speaking in this Russian accent. And I was like, wait, Kenneth Branagh's speaking with a Russian accent? Like, oh, okay. So, like, for the first few seconds, I was kind of, like, a little bit put off by it. But then when he gets into it, first of all, as far as I can tell, having spent time in Eastern Europe, his Russian accent was pretty darn good. Um, and it, the accent wasn't distracting because of how good it was. But not only that, when I kind of got over that 
and just kind of watched him for him. I thought it was a really good performance. I thought he was probably the, him or Robin Patterson, probably him was the best because like you say, he was genuinely menacing. Like he, he was quiet. But when he lashed out, he lashed out and you were genuinely scared. Mm. And, 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 you know, and that, like that moment where she holds out the gun, you know, to potentially shoot him and then he eventually gets it off her and the whole kind of like shouting monologue that he gives there, like, it's like, Oh dang, this guy is like, like crazy, like and <laughs> scary. And just like, yeah. So I thought, yeah, I thought overall the, 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 the lead cast were really strong. Shall we quickly move on to visuals? Okay. I thought that this film was visually stunning. I feel it in, in many ways. Let me just get the bad stuff out of the way just real quick. I feel like sometimes the film, the, the, the palette and the contrast was too dark. And sometimes I felt like it was a bit too kind of light and washed out, like particularly when they were on the yacht. But that's like a minor thing and it could have been fixed. And that's fine. What I truly loved about this film and i've i've been talking smack about it this whole review (laughs) but one of the things i truly loved about this film was the idea of fighting someone else who is experiencing time in the opposite direction to you that to me was nolan's that was that was the idea that was super cool that to me was kind of almost and and one of the issues i think was that i uh, Nolan, he kind of seemed to have that concept and then built the philosophy around it as opposed to having stuff in place bef- and then coming to that, which is fine. He's an artist. He can work in the way, ways that he want. But that scene in the Freeport in Oslo both times was stunning. And I just, I, I loved the dynamics of it. They must have spent so much time working out the logistics of that but it worked it worked on screen and and you could see that the per the the person who the protagonist was fighting was was going kind of backwards but that still meant that you kind of felt his momentum but it meant that he was kind of flipping off things reverse so there was an unpredictability and it was like and it was brilliant and when both of those scenes happened that was when i i kind of took off my philosopher hat and I just enjoyed that. And the same goes with a few caveats to the final scene. I found the final scene when they're dismantling the, the algorithm difficult to follow because I wasn't always sure who I was following and who they were fighting. But the kind of like the reverse missiles and like the the, the building unexploding and like the all of that. I thought was was stunning and flawless and yeah talk to me about the visuals from your perspective first of all this film has a crazy statistic I don't know if you're aware that it has like I think only 280 visual effects shots that is insane that that has less (laughs) visual effects than most modern rom-coms that is insane yeah and so special effects man nolan so on that on that level alone the visuals are visually there um like i love the one thing i knew about this film before going in was that they genuinely bought a plane and crashed it 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, they did. That was the only thing I knew that the the plane that they crashed to um kind of kickstart the infiltration of the Freeport was an actual plane in real life that they crashed into that building. Well, not a real building. It just crashed into another airport. <laughs> you know, it's obviously on like a big um, empty airfield and they built a stage and stuff like that. But they genuinely crashed a plane. And that's something Something I love about Nolan's films is the visceral feel of the yeah. films, right? Like, oh, they, sure. they, 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 like We get so much tarted up junk thrown out on, on film and TV these days. So much crap that doesn't really happen. Uh, yeah, it's, it feels so intangible and so just like computer vomit. It's why I hate Avatar and think it's one of the worst films ever made. But <laughs> um, Nolan's films have such a tangibility and such a visceral feel to them. And this, this film feels real. Mm. Aside from the crazy science fiction aspect, <laughs> but you know, you know, you genuinely feel like they're there, that they're experiencing those sort of those sort of actions and those explosions, and that the stuff around them is is happening. And I mean, that's what, I mean the the whole look of the film. Like they must have filmed the forwards backwards fight real. It must have just yeah. been this incredible piece of choreography mm-hmm. and incredible stunt work. Uh, that it blows her mind that they figure these things out and they, they manage to do this. And the the love that Nolan has for the visuals, but for the real visuals, mm-hmm. makes his films just above average from any other film because it happens. You know, and I, and yeah. I love that they they put the effort and that makes like you know that that makes me feel like when the their characters are out of breath or they're in distress that they are you know it really helps the performances elevate themselves because it feels like they're experiencing those things in real life and i i love it i mean the the plane crash i mean knowing that it was real really helped me kind of go this is incredible and because you know they do things like even the opening in ukraine which was intense and we'd seen part of that before in a uh, rise of skywalker i think yeah. But like when the spy's like sitting on a chair and he's like flinching when the bullets are flicking past him, you can almost flinch yourself because it just feels like it's happening and you know. Mm. And I just yeah, I love the look and the feel of his films because they're so real that you know 280 visual effect shots literally is is mm. is peanuts. And I think in comparison, I mean I mean Inception only has 500, but you know that's it has almost half the amount of Inception did. There's just something there's just something about it that blows my mind and i think you know nolan has a knack for creating and pushing the boundaries of real filmmaking and i think he continued to do that in this film i i couldn't agree more and just to add one final bit of context endgame has 2500 effect shots so just to put that in 10 times more and I would argue that Tenet was more visually stunning. Fantastic. Okay, do you want to come now uh, to talking about the soundtrack, talking about the score? So, shocker, this not this is not a Christ- Hans Zimmer. I know. There Unbelievable. Is, for, for, I don't know what's happened. Has the romance uh, <laughs> died? I don't know. This I... is not a Hans Zimmer score at all. As far as I'm aware, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty confident that it's because he's working on June. Oh, really? The Can new June over Tenet. Yeah. So June directed yeah. by the same guy who did Blade Runner 2049, which isn't a great film. So. Um, um. Also, the same director as the best film in the world, though Arrival. 
Oh gosh, why? What is Hans Zimmer no. doing? What is Hans he's, Zimmer he's, doing? He's uh, changing allegiances. <laughs> but, but the score is done by Ludwig Göransson. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, um, we can do with Göransson. Who, who, if you didn't know, did the music for The Mandalorian. Ooh. And um, New Girl, just randomly, I know that. Name. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the thing is, the music is very Hans Zimmer like. Mm-hmm. It is very big strobing sounds, big long kind of notes. Though I think, in all honesty, the sound and the sound editing is probably the worst bit of this, one of the worst bits of this film, because it's it's too much. I agree. There's a lot of time in this film, I'm like, what? The music is overpowering. I think a more minimalist approach to focus on the script and the story and the plot and the context would have been a better approach. And I think the the score isn't isn't a hands in the score it's not memorable it's not something i might probably i probably won't be re-listening to this on spotify like i do with some of hands Zimmer's music um it's a big inspiration to me hands Zimmer's music i listen to it when i need that kind of jolt of inspiration for writing um and this is not a score that will do that um it's probably one of the weakest scores in nolan's um catalog it's still good, but it's too much. It's it's way overpowered. It drowns out the film at some points. And that is one of, if not the biggest weakness of this film, is that the the audio is just a bit a bit off. It's a bit dialed to eleven instead of ten or nine. And yeah, it's it's the most it's the most disappointing aspect of the film, but um, if it's not Hans Zimmer, it's it's gonna to be tough to beat him. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I yeah, on I just agree with everything you just said. I, there's nothing to add, really. <laughs> so, okay, we're almost there. Let's just just pause and take a moment and contextualize this in Nolan's film history. So we're both agreed that until this film, Christopher Nolan has not put a foot wrong. Mm-hmm. I I say that having not seen two of his films, I haven't seen following and i haven't seen insomnia and i think you haven't seen memento am I right? Yeah. yeah right i have and i think memento is incredible but from what i've seen memento uh skipping insomnia and then everything following the prestige the dark knight you know inception all of these films i think are in, not only incredible but they're they're in a league of their own and they also are all pretty close to each other in quality and there there is some variation i think inception is is near the top of the pile i say that i can't really think of what's near the bottom of the pile i know that for some people the dark knight rises would be closer to the bottom of the pile though still good i personally love that film but that's fine but I, you know i i just dunkirk would be near the top of the pile like it's just these are excellent films original films visionary just groundbreaking films and that's what nolan is known for after hearing everything that you've said would you personally keep tenet in that the that category that all of christopher nolan's films are in yeah i get why i mean it's sad but i get why you aren't like raving about this film mm-hmm. i when i finished watching it i wasn't like oh man i'm so i'm like what has gone on i was like man what a film 
like i love i want more of it you know it's one of those films that i want to i want to find out how he makes tenet i want tenet 2 i want you know tenet remastered or reborn or whatever they decide to do and i probably won't get it nolan will just leave us <laughs> wanting more for the rest of our lives and that's fine <laughs> i first of all i love real filmmaking and so this is always going to be a good film for me because it does something that i think is a dying art i do like the character journey i like the story i really love kind of trying to figure out like the the red and blue the the final push at the end when they are making a push having half the team already gone through it and like using that intelligence to like their benefit and things like that it's it's so kind of interesting and complex and so i would i mean i would put it i would put it closer to dark knight rises in terms of the listings so it's not in the top five of his films it's in the it's in the bottom five of his films but like the bottom five of his films are better than 90 percent of all the films made (laughs) i i don't think he's missed a beat i don't think he has put a black mark on his record yet i think he it's not what i expected you know everyone kind of put it up to like a science fiction james bond and it's not like that i i genuinely think that the protagonist is not good enough to be considered against Bond. You know, Bond in itself is, a, is an amazing, you know, historical franchise that has a very unique feel and look to it. No one else really comes close to it. So I don't think it should be compared to Bond. I think comparing it to Bond ruins it a little bit because you feel a bit cheap and there's not that kind of gadgets and things like that that, that exist. I think a, a, an espionage science fiction film is a better way to view it and ignore Bond altogether. And I think with that in mind, it, it, he does it. He he does a, he does what he wants. It's a very Christopher Nolan movie. And my only my own apart from the sound, my only real gripe with this film is the fact that they go from like Ukraine to Mumbai to London in a cut. And for some reason, that's a bit like I don't like the kind of changing countries in a like a blink of an eye sort of kind of jet setting sort of globalization film this is something about that kind of editing choice that irks me a little bit but you know it's a it's a big wide-reaching story which they had probably a, a time limit by Warner Brothers to fill in so that and the score is the only real issues I have with this film in at all so I would still make it a very good classification fair enough fair enough what about you what is this is this is this the notch against christopher nolan so here's the thing is it his worst film uh of the of the ones i've seen yes now here's what i want to say look here's here's what i want to say look i as i've read as if it's not apparent from this we love Christopher Nolan. I love Christopher Nolan. I, I I love his entire body of work. And as far as I'm concerned, this does not diminish his stature as a director. It does not eradicate any of his other achievements. For me, all that this does is provide some long due evidence that he's actually a human from this planet. Because until now... I wasn't sure because he was knocking them so far out of the park every single time that that, you know, he was he was he was almost too good. And for me, this is a slip up of sorts. But I want to contextualize that by saying that I think that he gets points for trying 
and you're giving but, him the participation trophy. No, 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 not not the participation trophy, but the trophy for trying to do something that is not generic, that is not predictable, that is original, that is you know special and novel, and that tries to probe our understanding of reality in an interesting way. I think that he gets so many points for that. And I would much rather more directors were trying stuff like this. And even if they slipped up a bit, that's fine. I wish that there was more of this. And until now, he's taken that sentiment. He's taken that originality. He's taken that fascination with philosophy, with physics, and he's put it to near perfect work. And this time, I just think he reached a bit too far. I love the idea of reverse entropy. I love the idea of being able to fight someone who is experiencing time in the opposite direction to you. And I feel like the film that I wanted from this, I've realized now that I've wanted from it after watching it, is I wanted that concept, but I wanted it reined in a bit. I feel like then applying that to then the world and then people wanting resources back and rewriting history and i've just felt like it got a little bit carried away with its own concept the film did and christopher might have you know done as well when he was sat doing the brilliant stuff that he does and i just i feel like there's there's a kernel of something good here and if it had just been reined in a bit it could have been on the level of Inception and, and Interstellar and so forth. I, I just feel like he, he burnt his philosophical fingertips here a little bit. And that's fine. And I would much rather be going to films like this than, you know, generic beginning, middle end, predictable rubbish. But for me, it just it just didn't click into place. I've tried so hard to like it, but at the end of the day, I I would put it at the bottom of the list mournfully, uh, you know, not wanting to do so, but that's fine. And it's not the last film that he'll make. And it's still such an interesting film. And the fact that we've discussed it for coming up almost two hours now... (laughs) does it a, a lot of credit the critic situation with with tenet is interesting it's it's wonderfully interesting so uh let's start with somewhere solid so on rotten tomatoes it is an 82 percent which is very very respectable that's after 129 reviews which is actually quite a lot of reviews for rotten tomatoes and yeah i mean that's a, that's a very very solid score on imdb it has a increasingly solidifying audience score of eight on the dot. Mm-hmm. So it's just in the eight territory. It has a Metacritic. It just slipped. It was on 74 and then it was on 70 for Metacritic. Now it's on 69. That's after 204 critic reviews, which, again, is a lot. And if you then go on to Metacritic, you find that there are a number of critics who have given it a 100 and then there are others who have given it a lower score which speaks to something interesting that's gone on here which is the fact that it's actually defi- divided quite a lot of the critics mm, i've heard there that. are there are some who think that it's 
it's brilliant so look i'm here the, the telegraph huge newspaper gave it a 100 total film another huge enterprise here gave it a 100 but then you come down and you've got IndieWire giving it a 42 and the guardian giving it a 40 so it's critic score is kind of a a mid point of of you know of of two extremes so it's an interesting situation i i can imagine the critics almost kind of i feel like we've perfectly represented the critics range here <laughs> because you're very very much for this film and i'm perhaps less so but the one thing that we can all agree on is that this this film sparks incredible conversation <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's the current critic situation. We've essentially summarised, but I don't know if you want to just say any final things before we move on to scores. I would say this is the film that's t- meant to try and restart cinema. After the COVID, a lot of cinemas have reopened, and this is one of the first big new films that have come out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one hell of a film to start with. I think it is going to divide a lot of people. And it's a shame, because I personally think it's a really exciting, intense, interesting, deep film. Mm-hmm. and a lot of people i know are confused by it but i would say give into it you know really just kind of just try and soak it all in it's going to be a film that's going to take more than one viewing if it hadn't been for the COVID, for the pandemic i would have seen this probably five times before we got to the view because i would have just watched it again and again or we would have what reviewed it like what <laughs> that same day yeah i think i don't part of me doesn't think that it's going to get christopher nolan and his best director oscar i don't think so I mean, the, the Oscars never like science fiction anyway, so and he should have got it for Dunkirk. But I think this film is going to eventually get lost in the the sea of COVID and the sea of films coming out. But yeah, I I I just like it, mm-hmm. and I hope it, I hope it does well. Do you know what? Weird. Yeah, oddly, even though I'm not its its number one fan, I still also hope that it does well because. I just hope at the very least that people recognize what this is, at least in my opinion, attempting to do. But but but, but what I will say is I still hope that this does well. And I, I like films that spark debate. And I like films that are complex and that have deep themes. And again, I... It's not a cop-out, but I will keep on saying this. I just think that it's such a credit to this film that we can discuss it in the way that we have. And even though I feel like it still it drops the ball on certain kind of fundamental levels, I just I, I admire it from a distance. I admire it in a certain kind of way. And I it. But unfortunately, I just don't think that it will get the attention that it deserves because people aren't willing to put in the effort. People don't like things that are confusing. They want beginning, middle end, good guys defeat the bad guys, happy, happy. And this is just so far from that, but that's a good thing. It's so. only, I'll, I'll, I will say this. I wasn't sure if they were going to win in the end. Right. Right. The, fil- the film set it up in a way that when we got to the ending, when we were getting through the ending, I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, like I genuinely believe that we could have got a uh, uh, a loss ending that they could have set the bomb off, mm-hmm. and I don't think potentially the film would have suffered that much if it had been. That would have <laughs> been another twist that would have been like, oh oh dang, you know. And that is something too. Like there are some bits I did predict, but I've watched a lot of film and I love that. I, I and and you know this film kind of makes sense to me, but it made it set it up in a way that I genuinely believed that we could have seen the good guys lose this fight. And I think that is also another skill. 
that is not yeah. something that's easily done. I don't know about you. I don't know if you ever felt in jeopardy, but I I believe they could have lost. Oh no, I did too. I did too. Genuinely, I I um, and again, like you say, I. I don't feel like that would have detracted from the film. I feel like it would have allowed it to round off in just a different, in a different way with a different message and it would have worked. And, and yet you cannot say that of so many films. You can't watch Aquaman and then be like, Oh, I get the sense that he could have lost at the end and then died, you know? <laughs> but then when he didn't, I was like, wow, like <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't happen. Like, And so again, it's, it's a huge credit. Huge credit to this film. I guess with that then, let's move uh, to the scores. How close to five are you going to go? <laughs> you know me too well. You know me too well. But luckily, in this case, you underestimate me. So I, I've discussed this with Hannah, and, and, and we actually both came to the same conclusion. I personally would give this film a six. And I think that everything thus far that I've spoken about explains why. I feel like I wouldn't want to do five or lower because I feel like that wouldn't do justice to the just the respect that I have for what this film is trying to do. It wouldn't do justice to the incredible visuals of this film and the performances and the novelty of the concepts. But I feel like seven is entering kind of like you know, very solid territory. If I give a film a seven, I, I think very highly of it. And and this just doesn't quite get there for me because I I just feel like it 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 tries but it doesn't succeed in many different areas. So I feel like six but, you know, the bus ride. I, I don't even know how to describe the bus ride. I uh, it would be it would be a it would be a mid to high six. Um and the bus ride would be you know, time bending, reality bending, uh, unlike any bus ride you've ever had. So yeah, that's me. What about you? I'm torn between nine or the highest of eight. To be honest, I'll probably go with nine. I see. Even though there's a few editing choices I don't like and the score is a bit overdone, the film just speaks to me. I think I think I'm a bit tainted by my love for Christopher Nolan. Like I genuinely think he is if not the greatest director in history. I think the the man has a mind like none no other director in, in the art and and he cares for the visual medium. And so like I have I have a bit of a, a bias towards Nolan in general. And so that's that's a caveat to my scoring. It probably is like an eight point eight, but I'm saying nine because of my love for Nolan. Um, and that's fine. This is a personal opinion, so back off haters. Um, <laughs> it's a nine because it's a thrilling concept. It's a tense story. It's deeply layered. There's a great emotional journey for a protagonist with, and some people would find the ending predictable in terms of, oh, it's, of course it's him that created Tenet, but they kept that layered and they they did some incredible practical and visual um, effects and and things throughout the film and that skill and that dedication has to be admired um, the performances were were rock solid yeah music and a few editing choices and maybe a bit weak on the writing one or two like paragraphs but all in all, like I left the film going, dang, like I'm so glad I saw this. It's a must see film, to be honest with you, even if it is to divide 
opinions it has to be seen it has to be experienced especially in the cinema because i don't think a tv will it's one of those films that tv will never do it justice no um and those sort of films deserve in my opinion a high score and nolan tips it to nine because it's nolan it tips it to nine and that's a personal bias in terms of a bus i mean this is this is one of those buses that it's a great double decker you get on it it's got the amenities you want and then you read an interesting complex book and you look up and you're not kind of sure where you are what time it is but you realize it's just before that your stop you close your book and you get off the bus delighted fair enough fair enough i yeah, yeah fair <laughs> enough no no fair enough and I, I i just want to say two things before we close i i agree with you in that I would I would still recommend it after everything that I've said I would recommend that people go and watch this film and make their own minds up on it mm-hmm. Partic- and then this le- kind of kind of follows on nicely to my second point which is the fact that I feel like I fully under I, I said to Hannah uh, the whole time while you're like when I was talking about you going to watch it I almost knew that you were going to enjoy it and I and the thing is, I knew that it wasn't because you were ignorant of the plot or anything or, or the, you know, time travel or anything. You're, if anything, more versed in, than me in all of these things. And you understood it quicker than I did because I was not at the point where you are straight after watching it, <laughs> being able to <laughs> analyze it in such depth. It took me quite a while to just grasp the, the bare bones of the plot, let alone grapple with all of the other issues. But even then... I, I for film lovers and people people who have a bit more kind of creativeness at heart like yourself I would even more I would recommend this film even more because I I can understand how it would be um you know a special film uh, in in that way so a nice kind of converging positive note to end on so there you have it folks this is a very long podcast we're gonna kind of dissect out the philosophy section and we would love to know what you think but yes we would love to hear what you think about this and we'd also love you to weigh in on some of the deeper stuff that we've discussed. So if you think that, you know, uh, Cameron, some of Cameron's theories surrounding how it could have all pieced together work better than mine, then let me know. And if you can explain it well enough, then I will concede. And uh, yes, thank Which you for listening. You, yes, do thank you. And you can hear you can hear those theories in our other episode. Yes. Sorry, of course, because these will be different episodes. Uh, yeah. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.